Chapter Seventeen of Eighty Seven by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Seventeen Happenings. Six weeks afterward, in the breathless stillness of a summer morning, Winter Kelland stood near the gate of the vegetable garden, answering last questions for a man who surveyed the fair scene with evident satisfaction. Six busy weeks during which winter had hoed and raked and watered and weeded and watched the familiar grounds that had been home to him for years the appointed caretaker until the place could be judiciously rented the hurried nephew had gone his way winter had received his directions and answered his letters and interviewed the man to whom he sent him and done with patient conscientious care the hundred little things that needed doing a heavy trust certainly for one whom everybody still called a boy the shrewd nephew had made answer to some who tried to advise him against trusting too much in a boy and a stranger my aunt was the most successful woman of business i have ever known and she has written me repeatedly that she would not be afraid to trust her win with all she had where she could trust i can and winter had been faithful but with this summer morning his responsibility ended the place had been rented and the new caretaker was on hand looking over his prospects the little wagon with the fat pony harnessed to it stood before the door as they had stood so many hundred times in the past but if the pony had known it she might have felt sad for she was destined never to stand there again a neat valise quite new was slipped under the seat it had been bought for the occasion and was carefully packed with all the clothing winter had also in the back part of the wagon was a small box filled with books winter stood as i said near the gate answering last questions preparatory to a final start yes sir those are the early rows no sir we are the only ones within five miles of here who have that variety yes sir they are the crookneck squash the best to be had in the market yes that ground where they are planted proved to be the best spot for them i had to enrich the soil considerably but it is first class now i wish you had decided to stay with me said the man regretfully as he glanced at the tall form ready for a journey and noted the quickness of his replies i should have thought you would rather stay at the old place than anywhere else and i'd have done well by you a flush spread over winter's face thank you he said i like the old place and i shall never forget it but i could not see my way clear to staying i hope it will do well by you and i think it will that sweet corn on the right is the earliest by a week of any in the neighborhood and it is a nice choice variety miss putnam intended to supply her friends out of that this fall the sentence ended with a sigh and the young man turned to go well sir if there's nothing more i will bid you good morning the sun is getting pretty well started good-bye said the man still regretfully i wish you success and i hope you won't have occasion to be sorry that you deserted the ground you seem to understand so well then winter went for the last time out of the neatly painted gate climbed into the little wagon gathered the reins as he had done so many times for a trip to depot or market turned in the seat so as to get one long steady look at the old-fashioned house until the corner was reached and turned then he gave the pony a hint 
and she broke into a smart trot and they were off i'm a tramp again he said half aloud and with a curious laugh which might almost have been a sob instead i wonder if they call fellows who start out with their own team by the same encouraging name he carefully surveyed himself from head to foot that amused smile still on his face and yet behind it a hint of sadness there was certainly a marked difference between his present appearance and the way he looked the night he first presented himself at miss putnam's door i've been making myself necessary to somebody he murmured the smile growing more defined how distinctly he remembered the well-dressed boy who had sat astride the fence and delivered him that lecture he felt in his breast pocket for the book two inches square he always carried it there in token of the one who had spoken some encouraging words he thought of his bible carefully wrapped in paper in his new valise he should always keep that bible he was glad miss putnam gave it to him occasionally he would read in it because she asked him to do so that last night an hour of steady driving and he came to a point where two roads met which to take was the question he had no idea how to decide i'm a tramp he said again laughing pony which road do you think we would better take does it make any difference to tramps i suppose it will make a difference always what i do this minute and his face grew grave with the solemnity of the truth whose faint shadow he grasped but how is one ever to know perhaps i ought to have inquired about some things but i did not know anybody who would either know or care i wonder if my friend in here could give any advice he fumbled for the small book half ashamed of himself for his queer unusual mood what did he know about the book and how would it advise him yet he opened it at random and read the words if thy presence go not with us carry us not up hence he shut the book quickly and hid it away what a strange verse to appear to him just now he had not asked this thing nor any other thing of the lord if he had defined his religious impressions so far as he had any they would have been that the lord cared nothing about him did not take notice of his daily life yet here was somebody he had no idea who whose convictions on this subject were so strong that he actually dared to pray if thy presence be not with me don't let me go this way would it not be a comfort to have so powerful and helpful a friend as that one who would assuredly direct him in every step the thought for a moment touched the heart of this lonely young man the next i grieve to tell you a mocking smile hovered on his lips it is not true he said firmly i don't mean that it never was so but such times are gone if the people of to-day are led so that they knew just what to do and where to go they have the most shilly-shally way of showing it that could be imagined i don't believe a word of it they do their own planning and contriving and trust to common sense or luck just as i must do pony we'll go this way and he turned sharply into the right-hand road and trotted on why did he decide for this he could not have told had he been questioned he would have said that he just happened to do so the years to come with their solemn teachings must pass over him before he will understand that there are no happenings to human lives 
three days afterward in accordance with this theory of his he happened to tie his horse before a certain restaurant in a large town or rather city which he had just reached and going in for dinner happened to take a seat at table where two men were eating and talking if we could get dr decker one was saying he would be the man to give us what we need he is by far the most scholarly physician we have in this part of the world and is a fine speaker withal and has any amount of apparatus at command for illustration but he is as much out of our reach as is the man in the moon why oh too busy he is the star doctor of all this region of country people who for convenience or economy employ someone else at first if they get very sick send for him and he is the consulting physician in all critical cases as far as they can reach him how did he get so famous well laughing a little despite the carping speeches often made about famous people i really think he earned his fame success succeeds is a cranky speech of somebody's i don't remember whose and there is a great deal of underlying truth in it he is well educated and smart and has had unusual advantages and was thrown providentially he would say among a class of diseases which had baffled some of the wisest and he became deeply interested and studied them and had success why shouldn't he be famous but just because he is so famous there is no hope of our getting him to lecture to our circle we must be content with some lesser light what would you think of young dr masters he used to be one of decker's students i should think it might be well to get decker's opinion of him as a speaker he might not be too busy for that where's his office whose decker's why on duane street of course the most fashionable portion of the city 268 duane street that isn't a bad idea of yours suppose we drive up there and call on him right away suppose we do said winter kelland rising at the same moment with the others but his remark was made to himself while paying his bill he asked for explicit directions how to reach 268 duane street then drove leisurely on in opposite direction his plan was to give the strangers a chance to make their inquiries before he pressed his it was therefore a half hour later when his gray pony halted before a handsome building which bore on side and end the name he had searched for norman decker m d however it chanced that the doctor's office hours had not been quite over when his other callers arrived and they had to wait the consequence was winter could see through the open door that they were at this moment conversing with dr decker he is a younger man than i supposed our young tramp said as he tied his pony and interviewed the bell-boy can i wait here and see dr decker when he is alone it is after office hours said the bell-boy significantly i suppose so but i do not want to see him as a patient it is on business important business considering which the reluctant bell-boy consented to his staying bits of the talk floated out to him through the half-open door oh yes the doctor was saying i am interested in that reading circle i spent a few days at its fountain-head last summer and would have gone again this season if i could have gotten away i think that entire scheme is worthy of a genius 
it touches me in a very vulnerable spot i have always been deeply interested in boys who were struggling toward an education trying to overcome the disadvantages of not having begun early enough i'm glad to hear that interpolated the listener in the waiting-room it helps a great many of that class of workers as well as furnishing a pleasant method of review for scholars i'm really very deeply interested in it and nothing would give me greater pleasure than to serve you if i could but i'm simply overwhelmed with work and care it was very soon after this that the gentlemen were bowed out the doctor attended them to the outer door of the waiting-room and returning gave a questioning glance toward winter this was evidently his opportunity he made quick use of it i called sir to see if you did not want to hire a boy what sort of a boy said the doctor with the quick air of one accustomed to decide things in haste the sort of boy that i am there might have been the faintest gleam of a smile in winter's eyes but he did not mean there should be what sort of a boy are you i'm eighteen years old have worked at farming for three years i understand something about potatoes and cabbages and weeds i can take care of horses and drive them and i can try to do anything i'm set at i've a spring wagon and pony of my own out there at the door upon my word said the doctor that is an unusual addition to a boy may i inquire where you got them and why you decided to give me a call since i am not a farmer and have very little knowledge of potatoes and cabbage heads the kind you mean at least and what your father and mother think of all this the words were poured out rapidly enough to have disconcerted a less self-assertive young man than winter but his answers were as prompt as the questions had been the horse and wagon were left to me by the woman with whom i have lived for three years she died nearly two months ago she was miss hester putnam of carroll county i came here because i heard you were the greatest doctor in this part of the world and i want to get a chance to study medicine my mother died soon after i was born and my father ten years ago i haven't anybody in the world who cares what i do despite his rapid business tone there was a little quiver in the voice just here that is an extraordinary story young man how do i know that a word of it is true you don't of course but if you cared whether it was or not you might write to this place it isn't so far away dr holden is the minister and dr simons the doctor who used to come to our house and the grocers and postmaster and the station agent knew me i could give you their names everybody knew the old putnam place where i lived how do you know you want to study medicine i found it out by reading a book on physiology human physiology was the name of it a lady a teacher lent it to me she said it was in their reading course i read and studied it a great deal and i have known ever since that medicine is what i must study that circle again said dr decker with a sudden lighting up of a pair of very expressive eyes well as i said this is somewhat out of the usual line i do not know that i want a boy but my children wouldn't object to the pony i fancy she looks like a gentle little beast haven't you a sister young man winter shook his head i never had a sister or brother i had a sister said dr decker emphatically 
the grandest woman this world owns so you happened on a physiology my sister borrowed one for me and made endless cookies to earn enough to buy the next book a dreamy smile was spreading over his face as he went back into his past yes james i'm coming this in answer to his coachman's inquiring look and the business-like air of the hurried doctor was back again i haven't another inch of time they are dangerous books these physiologies that first one of mine has kept me on the rush night and day ever since you may go around to widow tryon's on bond street mrs mary tryon fourteen bond street and ask her to put you up for the night leave your horse here and my man will take care of him to-night and at seven o'clock sharp you may come here and i will talk with you all this if you choose to run the risk i'll be responsible for your supper and bed to-night but i may not do another thing thank you said winter rising i shall be sure to come at seven o'clock the doctor had already drawn on his gloves and now looked about for his hat winter sprang for it and as he did so laid his hand on a medical paper which had been tossed carelessly on the table could i borrow this until evening a curious smile hovered over the doctor's face his quick eye had caught a glimpse of the heading which had evidently attracted this boy in search of a place the latest theories on the management of typhoid fevers was the pretentious title oh yes he said borrow it and welcome and as the doctor stepped into his carriage he muttered he evidently has the disease i believe i'll try if a few doses will cure him End of chapter 17